All right, so uh, I got, um, so um, one quick question. Who, like, who works at Mind and Body? Anybody work at Mind and Body? Does anybody else in here just figure out what Mind and Body was, like, a couple days ago? I'm thinking, like, it's, like, where you buy soap and shampoo and all that, but it's actually, like, a computer something or other, isn't it? Yeah? Oh, it's, they do software. Well, that's kind of like soap, isn't it? I mean, anyway, I was working over there a couple days ago, and I'm like, mind and body. I'm thinking, this is the biggest building on the planet to sell soap out of. And then so I'm talking to the guy, and they're like, no, we do computer stuff. And I'm like, oh, OK. So anyway, I thought you guys all sold soap, so that's kind of cool. You guys went up so many notches on my book. I'm like, no way, they're computer people. Feel a lot more pressure now. So, anyway, we've been talking about community the last. And I, by the way, didn't know I was I was like the guy that was tying the bow on the community package. So thanks to Chris for letting me know that one. So anyway, not only do I have that pressure on me, I have my like many moons ago pastor's wife and daughters here, so I got all this, oh boy, so anyway, we're, gonna, we're just looking at community, and I would like to, uh, I've been reading a book called The Cost of Community, and uh, I'd like to define a couple of terms, um, community, I'd like to look at today what that word kind of means, and then, in, and then living intentionally, so uh, before we get started, let's uh, say a quick prayer, and I'll get going. Father, I just thank you that uh, you're in our midst today. Um, we could have ended with the last song and, and had enough of you already. Just, we just thank you for your love and your presence here. Pray that your words would be conveyed through the things I say and that you would uh, just bless the people here. Father, we love you. In your son's name, amen. So uh, I have a, a verse I'd like to have Bree put up. Um, John 13, 34, and 35. And so this is Jesus uh, talking to the disciples um, at the Last Supper. And he's just going through a whole bunch of stuff. But the biggest thing that he tells them, and it's something that's extremely significant, and I think as we look at the history of the church, that it's kind of something that's not been conveyed. And, and uh, we have, I think we have a responsibility to do so. But, uh, so Jesus is talking to the disciples, he says, a new command I give you, love one another as I have loved you, so you must love one another. By this all men will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. So I've been just thinking about that, and so part of being in a community is you could say, oh, well, you're just supposed to love people, but then the question is, is how do I love the people that are in my community? So the first thing I took a look at is I wanted to know um, what like a community, like what the word community meant. And so look, I looked it up on the internet and the little Webster deal came up and it says a group of people living in the same place or having a particular characteristic in common. And then a little sidebar to it, it says the sense of community that organized religion can provide. So. I wanted to just focus on the particular characteristic that we're called to have, 
if you look in, in, in the verse that we just read of John saying, it, our characteristic is supposed to be that we love one another. Everybody's going to know us by the way that we love one another in the community. And then when we love one another in the community, it spills out into the greater community in which we find ourselves living. So, the history I want to look at a little bit too is like the history of the church. What is that? What has that been to you guys? What's like if people say, oh, this is the church, what's the word that defines what, how the people outside of the church see the church? We're religious. So what does that mean? Hypocritical? So I didn't hear, what was the next one? Judgmental. Okay, what else? Self-righteous. Okay, so that kind of goes hand in hand with being hypocritical and judgmental. So I would think that's probably a far cry from what Jesus has asked us to do. So if we're supposed to be known in the community and within our community as love, you know, by the characteristic of love, how are we supposed to do that? Anybody have any ideas? Because I'm looking for them right now. No. Anybody, like, how do we show it? Valuable and precious. Okay. What? Acceptance. Okay, so, how, like, what do you mean by acceptance? Mm-hmm. That's good. It is. It's very hard to do. Because if we, you know, it's easy to say, oh, you know, we love each other. But when it comes down to really doing it, I think a lot of times we really haven't ever defined what that looks like. And I think marriage, you know, Jesus uses, well, the, the idea of marriage, like everybody thinks, oh, wow, it's going to be so great to get married. And, you know, is there, you live on sex and Pop-Tarts and all of a sudden you run out of Pop-Tarts and you're like, what? What is going on? You know, you know what I'm saying? There's that idea. You have this idea of the way that it's going to be. You might have to edit that one out. <laughs> but you have this idea of what marriage is going to be, and all of a sudden it turns out to be a lot of work. Like a 45-year-old guy going, how do I relate to this skater? Like, I don't get it. Like, he says he loves Jesus, but the way I've seen Jesus my whole life doesn't look anything like this guy. So how do we make that happen? So that's what I want to, you know, that's where we're going to kind of explore today, what I'd like to see, because I'm trying to figure it out. Because I don't, I mean, the sense of community that's being built here right now is amazing. And it's what I want. And what I've, like, looked for for most of my life. And I think most of the people look for that, too. Um, Christy and I were watching a, a... deal on Netflix called, it was the Amish, it was an American experience, it's called the Amish and then shunned or something like that, but the whole perspective of Amish kids growing up and going, oh, you know what, I love my family, but I can't live under this particular lifestyle that, you know, I got to wear 
the clothes and do all these things. They want to go out and live, in, live their life. And when they do that, they, they're, they're shunned. They're cut off and, uh, from their family. Like they lose their entire family, everything. And, and so these, guys, these kids are essentially on their own. They've lost their entire sense of identity, their community, everything, because they've made a choice. They still want to say, well, I still love Jesus. And this one guy was really cool. Like this one guy, his goal is to be a missionary to the Amish and say, you know what? It's not about wearing these certain clothes is going to get you to heaven. It's the relationship with Jesus. And it was amazing to see this American experience program really conveying like the gospel of saying, this is how you're supposed to live. And so these guys are loving these kids. But the point is, is that they lost their community. And the sense of their community, even though it's tweaked, was so strong that they went back to it. They're just like, I, I, can't, I can't be outside of this. I have to go back. And they'd go back, and they know, like one girl, like, and I didn't get it exactly, something about like, you, they had to cut their hair off, and then they wouldn't get talked to until their hair grew back to the same length that it was. So that'd be like trimming off like a half an inch, so then you could be back in the community. But, so you're back in the community, but you still aren't part of the community, and then you're still sort of always on the outside for the rest of your life. So is that anywhere near the biblical model that we see Jesus putting out for us? It's not. So we need to love intentionally, sorting out how we say that dude has Jesus in him and I have Jesus in him, but I don't get anything else about him other than, you know, Brandon looks cool and everything else. But So putting feet and hands on that, it's like, the first thing I think we need to do is like one of the things that um, Chris talked about is vulnerable, being vulnerable and living our lives and exposing ourselves, risking, saying, this is who I am, will you still love me? Okay, so that takes, that takes a lot of like courage. Like, you know, I want to, Joseph, the, when you shared about your, your marriage, you know, and, and that whole thing, is like, I knew that you'd gone through that, but then you're saying it, it created chaos in your life, and you're still going through it. Like, that's, for me, I'm like, oh my gosh, I've talked to Joseph, and I, I know these things, but then all of a sudden, I'm like, dude, that guy's, like, that's deep. And how do we, like, your sense of vulnerability and willingness to risk that was amazing to me. And, and I think, man, like, there's stuff like that. If you have that, and we all have those things, how can we, like, together come together and say, this is me. This is my brokenness. And so we have to be willing to be vulnerable. And so today, one of the things in my life, I want to share a little bit about my experience of community that I've experienced here. And um, so I, I have, I like to call it a professional drinker. I was a professional, like not just, oh, I'd go have a beer. I was, I was drinking a fifth a day. I don't know if you got, anybody knows how much alcohol that is, but it takes a while to build up to that point. And I lived my life like that for a long time, knowing, still, you know, going to church, doing my deal. And uh, there was some other stuff that went along with it. But the point is, is that I hid that for a long time, thinking that I hid it, and I and I had everybody pretty, like, snowed in and believing that, no, oh, I'm just, you know, I'm not really drinking all day long at work, you know, because it was really convenient for me to have 
a refrigerator in the garage with beer in it because I'd go through the garage, get a beer, walk in the house drinking a beer because I didn't want my wife to know that I'd been drinking all day. And so it worked out for quite a long time until it finally it all caught up with me. And so um, it's been 10 months now where I haven't, I haven't drank in 10 months. And it was so hard for me to go to actually admit, yeah, you know what, I really, really have a problem here. Like, this is not just, you know, a little deal. It's as big. And for me to, to say that, and Mike and Betty, and, you know, there's a lot of ladies in, in Chrissy's Bible study that knew. And I was ashamed to come to church, and Chrissy's like, I don't know, does Greg and Kathy know? Do so-and-so. She's like, everybody knows. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, hey, so what happened to the right of privacy here, you know? And she's like, so everybody's got the, the deal on me. And, and they're like, still, hey, Phil, we, lo- we're, we love you. And, we're in, and I'm like, okay, wait a minute. Now, and, I, and I'd ask her, I said, everybody knows? And she's like, well, yeah, I mean, we're talking about it in Bible study. I'm having a mental breakdown here because of you and your drinking. And I and, and I was like, wait, I don't get that. Like, I'm, I'm having a hard time, like, putting that together. Like, why? You know? And, and the, the last day, you know, and I, if I, I might get emotional here for a moment, but, <clears throat> like, I felt so, like, you have shame and you have guilt and you have all these things on you. And... We're sitting at the table, and it's like burning my mind. And Chrissy's like, I love you, and I want to walk through this with you. And so does everybody else. They love you. Mike and Betty love you. Everybody loves you. They see you for who you are. You know, like what um, Chris was talking about? Like, who we are is not who, you know, I don't know, however he's, he's such a good speaker. He, I got, I got to, I got to follow this guy, and he's up here with a little cute kid, and I'm up here like, how am I going to put this together? It's a tough act to follow, you know. I'm, I'm the headliner, and I get the, they got a better band than me up there right now. Um, but he, you know, that whole like the reality of who we really are in the Father's arms is amazing, and, and like, I've experienced that, and. I, I want that not just for me and not just for Joseph or just for individuals in this group. I want it for all of us because can you see that? Like the amazingness of like what it would do to the Central Coast? People would just trip out on that. Then, you know, then instead of going, Mother Teresa, like we hold up these little saints. Oh, Mother Teresa, yeah, what did she do? She lived and loved the unlovely. That's what she did. That's it. She didn't, like, write any great books and do all this. Maybe she did. I don't know. But she did. She, that's what, she just did this deal, and that's what we're called to do. So if we do that as a collective community, we make intentional choices to live that way, people are going to be like, there's something about those people. It's not just Mother Teresa, and it's not just Billy Graham, because people see great men and women throughout history and they're picked out. And what is the overarching thing that happened 
with each one of those people, they loved Jesus and they loved people. And they loved, it's, that was it. And we get it all kind of convoluted sometimes. So, how can we ex- make that expression of commun- uh, community by being vulnerable and just being willing to risk? Like, so now I'm out here saying, yeah, I, I'm a professional drinker. Like, most churches, and I, a lot of times, you guys have all experienced things in, in your past where you say, you, you take the to chance to say, I want to risk this. I'm going to tell everybody my story. And everybody's like, dude, like, what in the world? And then everybody's, don't talk to him, you know, because he's. And, you know, you, you, and you pick that vibe up. And, you know, so there's that risk of doing that. So then what is it on our side? What are we supposed to do? We're supposed to say, okay, look, if that, that person, that, that man or that woman is willing to put their heart out on the line, we have to take it at face value and go, man, those guys, that's gnarly. And I want to, you know, just love them for who they are. Just, you know, like, okay, I don't relate anywhere else, but I can love him because, like, he's real. And then it makes it you more confident and willing to say, you know what, this is where I'm at. How do we walk through this? Like, so saying, you know, sorting through my my alcoholism doesn't, it doesn't just end at that when Chrissy said, I want to work this out with you. So, you know, now what do I do? Okay, well, I need to go to counseling. So what happens? So Brendan Fennis says, I know, I have a friend who's a counselor. This guy is great. You need to go talk to this guy. So we go meet with a guy, and I'm like, holy moly, this guy charges. You know, if you want to make a lot of money, <laughs> their counseling should be in your future. Man, if I was a counselor, I'd work like three days, you know, like three hours a week, you know, because you're like, I got my bills covered. I'm done, you know. Wouldn't that be great? Oh, I'm all booked up. But, you know, so, yeah, surf's up, man. We we just got my bills paid. Um, So, but what that is, is that's another part in the life of the body saying, I have this. I have this connection. How can we make this work for you? So then... My best friend, he's like, he knew that I was struggling with alcohol, and he came and he said, you know what, I know you guys don't have enough money to do this, but we'll, we'll kick in some money financially to help you out. So, and, like, all of a sudden I'm like, well, wait, wait, what? No, you don't understand. Like, I'm an alcoholic. I, I'm worthless. I've thrown my life away. I went to seminary, and now I'm drinking, and I don't, I don't do, I, I've wasted my life. And everything, no, 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 no. That's a little bump in the road. Let's sort this out together. Let's walk through this together. So when we have things in our lives and we're willing to risk it and put it out there, the body can come together and say, how can we, how can we, we need you. You're the best big toe this body has ever had. I mean, apart from the one on the right foot, there's only two of you, you know? And so you need that part of the body, you know? And so the rest of the body says, we don't want to lose that part. We want to heal that part. And so that's what we all need to say. How can we be part of that? This is an intentional pause because I'm going to find my notes here. So getting to know, like Brandon said, getting to know each other... um, 
we see, like I was saying about Brenda and my friends, my, my best friend, who God is blessed with a great job. He makes a lot of money, and he's able to, was able to help us in that, in that time. But there's gifts and talents and abilities that each one of us have. It's not just, like, you know, we, we get, when we are saved, the Holy Spirit deposits for two things. Number one, as a guarantee for, day, for days and parts of your life when you think, I don't think, you know, I'm caught somewhere between heaven and hell. I know that I love Jesus, but man, my life's so screwed up right now. I don't think I'm, I don't think I'm going to make it, man. I'm going to be, you know, best case, I'm going to be smelling like smoke for eternity, you know, because I barely got out of hell, you know. I, and, and yet, it's, so the, the Holy Spirit is a de- deposit that guarantees what we are. You know, we have the Spirit in us. So the Spirit is, number one, for that. And the second thing is he gifts us specifically. Each one of us has an individual gift. So we have this gift that is made to operate within this body. We are a part. And we miss it so many times because we don't get to use that. So how do we get to use that? We get to know each other. And then you go, I see that person. This is what God has gifted in them. And then you let them use that. Let them exercise that gift and use that gift. The next thing, too, is we have talents and abilities, like things that are naturally, like some of us are naturally talented athletically. Some of us are naturally talented, like intellectually. They can think, like logically, like computer whatever stuff. You guys do? Like you, you think logically and you like write these, like a P and then two dots and a slash slash and an H and a whatever, and all of a sudden this little guy pops up and you're like, how did, how did that happen? Like it makes no sense at all. But yet, to you guys, you're like, dude, I totally get it, and I can think like this. And, but that's because that's a talent, and that's an ability that you have that not all of us have. Well, I can take a pile of wood that's sitting over there and go, that's going to make a great house. And you're like, are you kidding me? That's a pile of sticks and some nails, and I don't even get it. And it's like, well, I can see that in three dimensions, and I can see how it all works. Well, that's my ability. But so I can use that practically. You guys use your ability to do computers practically. In the same way that our gifts, they're not just this thing. I have this great spiritual gift. I never really unwrapped it, but I got it over there. It doesn't, it doesn't matter. We need to use it. So as our body, as we get to know each other, we get to use those things. And that's what part of being together is. Okay? Is that making sense? Okay. So then the next thing I want to look at, the... the Next word is I, I wanted to look at was living intentionally. Like intentional, I wrote it down somewhere. Um, it actually means like, like you did something on purpose. Like you intentionally like threw the snowball at so-and-so to hit him in the head. Like you intentionally did that. It wasn't like, all, oh, it just kind of happened. You did it. You chose to act in that way. And so we, as the body, need to choose to act intentionally towards one another, to say, I want to know you. You know, like today, I saw Reed in the water. You're like, I'm all paddling. It's a good thing I wasn't like, you know, like tell you, like, hey, get off my wave. And I'm like, oh, hey, Reed. Because he paddles up to me. He goes, hey, Phil. And I'm like, I saw you. And he's like, I met you at church. I'm all, oh, oh, boy. Glad I didn't do anything bad, you know. He didn't burn me on a wave. Can you just imagine, hey, get off my wave. Hey, you know what? We love Jesus. I saw you in the water today, you know, and it'd be, oh, man. But, you know, so, like, 
we need to be there in each other's lives and learning to know one another and say, how does, you know, what's going on with you? Where are you at? But to live intentionally knowing, to get to know one another and say, how do you fit in the body? How do I see you fitting in the body? How do you see yourself fitting in the body? And then we all giving each other the opportunity to do so. Okay, and that takes risk because there's other people that could probably get up here and do a whole lot better job at speaking than myself. And there's a whole lot better, more people that could probably build a house better than me. But those, that's what I do. And so you give it your best shot. And if you fail, you fail. But usually that doesn't happen. And so we need to be willing to take a risk with one another and say, I want, I want to participate. I want to play. Like, you know, John Wimber, I didn't, I've never read it, but I've heard it said many times that he said, the vineyard, we want to have it a place where everybody gets a chance to play. Like, so if you look at a playground, is everybody the best at playing kickball? No. Does everybody play kickball? Yeah. So instead of being the, guy, the, the team that's kind of mean to the kid who can't kick the ball really well, let's all just encourage the kid that can't kick the, kick the ball very well because the amazing thing is, is when you know that you're loved and you're accepted for who you are, you're willing to you're willing to try, and you're willing to get back up, and you're willing to do it again, you know? Like, your value isn't in the mistakes you've made, but your value is in that you were created in the image of God, and that Jesus is in your life, and that the Father loves you intensely, just like Chris sitting there holding his kid. Like, that's the Father's love for us. Like, he desires to hold us, not at arm's length and say, until you figure it out, he's saying, I love you now. Does Nathan have it all figured out? No, not at all. Not any chance, any sense of the term. But yet he's loved intensely. Has he contributed anything to the family other than waking him up in the middle of the night? You got to change his diapers. You got to feed him. He screams, hollers, does all that stuff. But yet, what is he? Absolutely loved. And that's what we are. We can scream, holler, poop in our pants, and do all that stuff. And God's like, I love you anyway. I'm your father. I love you. Okay?